1: Welcome back to the Game to Love podcast and today we have a very important podcast talking about the racial injustices in America right now. We feel like we have a platform and we should use it.
0: On this episode we're going to be discussing our top 10 most influential black tennis players.
1: let's talk about like what's going on right now because there's riots in America all over Europe it seems to be spreading like everywhere and um yeah. i'm completely in favor of it like don't get me wrong some of the some of the riots are getting like extremely out of hand but at the end of the day this is a this is a voice that's not been listened to for so long and it's it's led to the point where it's got to this and if i feel like if if we are able to see some real change from this then i think it's completely worth it because it's been a problem which has been going on for too long. Like the most recent thing with the whole George Floyd thing, like seeing him on the floor, the video was been circulating online, seeing him on the floor, Shocking. just being strangled to death is actually disgusting. And I am very happy to know that the officers at least have been sentenced for it and being yeah. sent to jail. But let's just, I just hope they get, it gets followed through because this has happened before. Like, um, I was yeah. reading this happened before and they just, they sought them to get like easier punishments or get away with it. At the end of the day, it's murder and it's actually disgusting what they did to a oh, poor yes. innocent guy. And when someone is on the floor fighting for their breath saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It's just, where does the human side come into this? Like this whole thing yeah. about like racism and just judging someone and acting differently because of their skin is disgusting. Like I don't understand the need for it. And, um, it's just, it's just not needed at all, and it's just like something what is learned in people. So surely you can, you're able to like learn not to act like that. For me, it doesn't make sense because I've never, I never look at anyone in that in that way. No, so not. to see people acting racist in the current, like what 2020 we're in now, and it's still happening. Like yeah. not even just this in the UK, we look at sports and stuff, look at football. You've had all the stuff of the England um, football team in yep. the Premier League. It's prevalent as well with Sterling, all these other players, the monkey chant. It's actually disgusting and it needs to change because no one wants to see it. And it's just it's awful. Like there needs to be some harsher punishments built out to these people. However, it seems to be in America, there's a big majority, and it's not helped by their leader being Trump. Like I don't want to get into all the politics of it, but it's clearly he is the leader of the free world and he's not giving out right, the right messages and signalling to be able to stop this he's literally only all he's doing is fueling it all this yeah. tweeting he's writing when the looting starts shooting starts and all of this shit it's honestly it's just it's just ridiculous and it's getting to a point now where something needs to change and you've seen the whole world's erupted because of it and rightly so i'm sick yeah. of it as well and the thing is i'm a white guy you're a white guy we come from like it's hard for us to talk on a matter like this because we're not we not we've never really suffered we've never suffered racism no, exactly. Then you have, you have people like other people, like it doesn't have to be white people, but other, other nationalities saying, oh, it's not just white, just black lives. It's all lives matter. Th- they're not wrong. All lives do matter. But this is not what the point is right now. The, the point is right now, we're trying to lift, lift a, a group which has been oppressed for, 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 for so long. And they're, they're the ones who are really struggling. They are actually losing their life. Yeah,
0: They're
1: yeah. having the real repercussions of this. We're I'm not. Just- and, and I think don't get me wrong, all lives do matter. But right now, you need to have have a look at it. And the black people in America and across the world, they need a bit of a helping hand.
0: Well, and something I think in to be done. America is uh, is very prevalent as well, more more so than it is over in the UK. I mean. We only see a small side of things that happen. It just seems to be reported over and over again over in the US. There's just been so many incidents now where there's been police brutality against the uh, black people, and there just doesn't seem to be, like you said, they get off time and time again. And they're just when when is there going to be a come up and when is there going to be someone to answer for it really on the like government side, the police side, because you always have these. No one,
1: no one answers to it because yep, they just yep. hide behind the uniform. They've always hid yeah. behind the uniform. When they've got a president exactly. who's not going to ever... It's, it protects them, basically. It's going to keep happening. So I'm glad all this is happening. I'm glad it's reached the point it has. It should never have to reach no, the point it, shouldn't. it has. But it has to in order to see some change. Change. And if yeah. we can see a real change from this, like in my lifetime, I've seen different events where there's always been like these uh, racial tensions between the police uh, in America specifically, even in the UK as well. But... I do feel, I don't know, maybe it's just me being young. I don't know. But I just feel like this maybe could be a catalyst for change because I've never seen it this crazy. But I know I've I've looked at other previous events. I remember when I was younger, there was a few as well. Uh, Like in London, we had the riots in 2011, started by the the death of Mark Duggan. And um, it's getting to a point now. It's reaching boiling point and it has to change. Bringing it back to tennis, the tennis community is trying its best. You can see certain individuals are doing their part. But it's fair to say, not everyone is. Granted, yeah. the big three, they put out uh, on Blackout Tuesday, they put out the black screen. But is that really enough? There was nothing about George Floyd. I just feel like when you've got a platform, you need to be able to use it. And the famous words of Coco Gauff, being silent is choosing the side of the oppressor. And I feel like people with these platforms, they should be using it for the best advantage in actually helping and giving a helping hand in this situation. And everyone can do their bit. doesn't matter yeah. if you're small or big. We're not exactly a big channel, but we're trying to do our bit now. From from a from a standpoint where yeah. we don't really we don't suffer the the racism, but we can understand that it is an issue, and we feel like something needs to change.
0: Yeah, for sure. In every single sport, and just in life in general, I just think that there needs to be going back to like the whole police thing. Uh, I think that there isn't like the sort of training in place that is required or people are being allowed to just become police officers over in america when they don't really have any qualifications to do so like you've probably got people who are just full-on racists which are just becoming police officers and it's just quite clear in an attack like this that somebody's just having what was it? No, they just that can a happen in
1: any job, though. That can happen. In, no, you, you never go to a job interview, and no one ever tests for to see if you're ever racist or not. And not just that. Yeah, you yeah, but e- not, you could you not think you can easily hide being racist in today's society? You can easily be a police officer who has racist Whoa. racist views. You go to a job interview. You can just like, all yeah, you can do is exactly. avoid the thing, and then it'll come up in a later day. The, the, they're the worst. The secret yeah. racists are the worst, and that's what I'm saying. It's been happening for ages now, and you can't you can't stop racist people joining the police force what you can try and do is stop racism which is not exactly an easy feat people have been trying for decades
0: and it was just crazy that in that situation though to have one one guy who was obviously using far too much force on somebody who was quite clearly no, was not resisting at all and when they went limp to just still continue with what they were doing is just disgusting like i think that they should that person should just Rot in hell, to be honest. And all of their people who are supposed to be helping with him, the police officers, are, are all of them the same? Are they? Are they in in on this? Like I right, just think like it's just
1: four, the four officers in this event. Like they all got just, they've all been uh, prosecuted. Well, whatever, they should but. be.
0: They should be there because they're just they're the people who they're supposed to be helping the public and if the they thing, see the somebody annoys
1: me though we saw this yeah because of today's today's society and where everyone's got a mobile phone everyone records this how many times did this happen where people weren't able to, to so many record it and it's just the, the voices were were sort of hushed out oh, and, and ignored? so many and that's so what i'm many. saying so at least with today's society it is it is a possible for real change i really do believe that like i think we have the power now we've got social media People in America specifically, or even... You, it doesn't matter where you are. If they vote for the right people in politics, it will help. Mm. If people use their platforms efficiently, it will help. If people are all sharing the same messages, it will help. And that's all we can do at the moment. It's it's awful. And um, I just hope things can... Um, some change for the better, because these racist people don't deserve to be in the world. They literally make it a much worse place than what it is.
0: Well, I got Shannon. Uh, and
1: we're already in like tough times as it is with all this coronavirus. We don't need racists or so we don't need racists on top of it. Do you know what I mean? Just get rid of them.
0: Well, my girlfriend showed me quite an in- well, got a powerful picture. I'll maybe get it put up on the screen. And uh, it just is a question if there's any racists that are out there, if you're fighting for your life or your child's fighting for your life, it says pick the white blood. And there's just four bags of blood. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's the same underneath, yeah, aren't good. they? Like so that. it's just like, what are you doing? Like, just because people are from a different area or a different country doesn't mean they should be treated any different. Just because, like, the world's always evolving. Why? Why are people's views not evolving with it? Like, we've had such terrible times, which is only—it's so—it's so recent. It's only like what a hundred years ago, or. 150 years ago, this was happening. It's so recent, but we're in such a technological age where everything's moving so fast, we should be able to eradicate it even quicker. Like, surely. Like, well, people, I'm hoping why, so, man. I'm hoping that, why are people that is the case now. Why are people still clinging on to this uh, this thing? I mean, I know there are generations out there which are still with us, which probably are still racist, but... That doesn't mean the next generations have to still continue it. Why is it still continuing?
1: It doesn't even seem to be a generational thing in America. It just seems to be very much. Um, no, you've got like it's not. in America, there's places. It's just a big division. The country's divided hugely, and a lot of it is divided on culture and race. You have like areas, just black areas. You have white areas. You have Hispanic areas, and it's very much like you won't go in either race can't go in each area, and it's just it's the way it is. It's just been it's terrible i feel like that for some time and something drastically needs to change hopefully this can be a catalyst for change that's what i'm I hope praying so. and um, all we can do is just share awareness for it and just i, guess I just hope that just keep, of... keep sharing keep sharing yeah. the positive uh, messages yeah. black lives matter and um i just hopefully think the movement can pick up pace and some change can actually be done
0: it's just annoying that there's a lot of arseholes out there who are literally going there to ruin the protests and just turn it into Literally vandalism, and that's another
1: matter altogether. Of yeah, course, you're going to get that, and it's just like,
0: what are you doing? Yeah, literally, and that's not. what have done their... all
1: riots, so every riot you'll get that. It doesn't matter what the riots for. You always get the people who go
0: just for the. the whole They're not product. black people doing it though. That's the thing. And it's just like there's oh, other mate, people. Just... I
1: think it matters. It doesn't matter. It can be black. It can be anyone who does it. why Just these people. They do it for the.
0: Like, there's do you know the football gr-
1: fans when they go to a football match and they just, they go, they're not going to watch the
0: mob football, mentality, isn't it? Mob yeah, mentality. It's, just,
1: mate, it's sad in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well. Or we can also in the uh, description below, we'll put some, um, donate pages or, uh, petition, petition pages as well. So you guys can, um, share them or sign up or whatever and donate. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to our second segment now to the video. Um, and this is going to be us discussing our top 10 most influential black tennis players. Okay, so with these top 10, we're not going to do it in any order. We're just going to do it completely randomly um, because we feel like they're all worthy of a top 10 spot. Um, and it's hard really to like get into who's number one, who's number two, who's number three, because they're all extremely influential players and they've all brought something to tennis, on the court, off the court, and just to society in general. So, Definitely. Go. Ben, do you want to start us off with number one?
0: Yeah, number one. I think that we should uh, turn back time a little bit. And, uh, well, it's just fitting that obviously we have the US Open, which is coming up very soon. And one of the main men from the US Open, it was... Arthur Ashe, the stadiums named after Arthur Ashe, obviously. And uh, he actually, in 1968, he was the first African-American man to win a Grand Slam, which was the US Open. And uh, he actually won two other Grand Slams after that, which was the Australian Open and Wimbledon as well. That was 1970 and 1975. And then he joined the Hall of Fame in the year I was born, 1985. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, it's not that old, <laughs> but yeah, he was on. Um, well, yeah, he was a big ambassador on and off the court, uh, and uh, he worked energetically with, like, to prevent racism. And that was even back in the sixties and seventies, and it was probably even tougher back then to uh, speak out about it because, yeah, people were still very much there was a lot of race there was even more race it wasn't frowned upon as much as it was like these days so yeah what a incredible person to be at that level of the game and still be doing your bit in such a society at that time I think
1: yeah no exactly like you said like back then it was even worse well, it was much worse than what it is now um so credit to him. Uh, he's an incredible player. The first ever black player to win a Grand Slam. Yeah, uh, I think the first ever to win the US Open, you said, and Wimbledon as well, which is an incredible achievement. That'll always stay with him. Yeah, um, And yeah, he it was, it was a brilliant player and someone definitely worth the mention of being in the top oh. 10.
0: He's got a stadium named after him.
1: <laughs> okay, so number two. Well, <laughs> she doesn't really need much of an introduction, This this girl. But no. it's Serena Williams. Wow. I don't really know what more to say. She <laughs> Most would classify her as the greatest women's player of all time. She's won 23 Grand Slam single titles, 14 women's doubles titles, and two mixed doubles. She's been number one for an impressive 319 weeks, which wow. ranks her third in the Open era among female players, only trading to the greats, Graf and Martina Nav- Navratilova. Many view her as the face of women's tennis and her achievements in the sport has made her a worthy flag bearer.
0: Well, definitely. And there's probably no one who does more for American tennis as well than uh, Serena Williams. So she's just a massive face when it comes to so many different things like so many different sides of the game she's just there she i think you think tennis you think women's tennis you think serena williams
1: yeah and that's everyone like people who don't even like tennis if you talk about women's tennis first name would always be serena williams uh and because she's not just that she's won the most money in tennis as well she's prize money she's won 92 million dollars which is just Whoa. ridiculous <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mate, have to to get a money pit that. money pit for the that for all that mate <laughs> yeah
1: and it's just incredible like recently we've seen she's given birth as well she's come back and won another title yeah a WTA title so this girl this lady is amazing and um she's a real ambassador to the sport and it's just a pleasure really watching her just see how many years she's got left in her now
0: yeah i think she's still got a couple more grand slams in her yeah definitely yeah, why not keep extending that record? Yeah, move on. Uh, next person up on the list, number three. Yeah, going back in time a little bit again. <laughs> I'm covering the older, the older, the older people. We got Yannick Noah, who uh, marked his career becoming the first uh, Frenchman in 37 years to win. The Roland Garros tournament that was in nineteen eighty three, but he's the only French player of the modern era to have won a Grand Slam singles tournament. It's of interesting little fact, isn't it? Yeah. And as the captain of the French Davis Cup team, he led the French uh, to victory in ninety one, uh, and later became a member of the Tennis Hall of Fame. After sport in retirement, he pursued uh, music, which is. To my own heart, <laughs> and I uh, actually put out a couple of albums. Which uh, name a couple? Chirango and uh, Destination Allure. If that's the correct <laughs> French pronunciation. No, but, yeah, I had to very, put very. Bit
1: in about music there for you because I knew you'd want to talk about that as well. Well, but yeah, very. Uh, how versatile this guy is! He's multi-talented, clearly, to be able amazing. to reach the heights he did at tennis, being the first French player to win a Grand Slam. Yeah. And then later on, he's also being like um, the first Frenchman to win Roland Garros as well. That's huge. Wow, it's incredible. um, Yeah, he's a brilliant player on the court and clearly off the court. Very good with his music.
0: Must have been a boom in uh, French Open, that one, I bet. (laughs) Not behind closed doors, that one.
1: Anyway. Yeah. On to number four. And this lady is definitely worthy of it. Oh. It's Altea Gibson. Born in 1927 in South Carolina, in the heart of a segregationist America, Ali, as she was known, was the first black player to become a professional player and win a Grand Slam tournament at Roland Garros back in 1956. In 1957 and 1958, she won Wimbledon and the US Open. When she took the number one position in the world before retiring, and becoming in 1964 the first black golf player of the Ladies Professional Golf <laughs> wow. Association.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: How incredible is that.
0: She's just like diving over into other sports. She's like the so Michael- firstly,
1: yes. Yeah, so firstly, she was the first ever black player to reach the number one spot. Impressive. She was also in a time in America. Well, it's not really much better now, as we can see, but I think it was much worse then. In a very difficult time with a lot of racial injustices happening in the world. And yeah. she's managed to fight all of that, come back, play tennis, reach number one, win grand slams. Wow. Incredible. And um, ben, a ben brilliant dips. player. And then yep. after that, she thought, oh, you know what? I'm <laughs> going to retire. I'm going to retire from tennis. She did I'm an gonna MJ. Play a bit of golf and then she become the first black golfer as well.
0: She's done a Michael I, I Jordan. she was the first black golfer, was she? It says yeah, it's the first black golf player of the Ladies oh, Professional Golf Association. Professional, yeah, it's incredible. So uh, she's done an MJ. She went and moved over sports. She's done. A, <laughs> he went over baseball. She's gone golf.
1: No, no. To be fair, I just found out about that today, and I was just. I thought that was remarkable. It's been actually really interesting researching um, some of this, some of the history of black tennis, um, and to see like some of these stories is, is really good. And hopefully, it can educate other people who, have, who don't know that themselves. I'm not sure. So, I don't think it's common knowledge for everyone. Maybe no. most of you it is,
0: but. I know that there's one person that we haven't got on the list, but I thought it might be worth mentioning just because, like, I know that James Blake, he was, uh, he's obviously a US uh, black uh, tennis professional. He actually had problems. I don't know how many years ago it was, but he had mistaken identity from. Like the police, and they attacked him whilst he was doing nothing. Just stood outside a hotel, I believe. And right. yeah, but he was a victim of police brutality, and I, God, yeah, it was hurt. absolutely horrendous. Like I can't, I can't believe that this has happened to obviously any like, the person. Thing is, I can believe because it's happening. It's still happening now. But is it a mistake? So like you just don't know whether it's true or if it's not true. You just don't know what to believe. What do you mean? I think it's true if it's happened. No but no but is it true that it was mistaken identity? Oh I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm the problem. was it, yeah. it just some horrendous person who's just gone and done a heinous crime? Well, that's,
1: that's what I'm <laughs> saying. It was hard to say. No one would really know. It's
0: just like um it just keeps happening, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. Yeah, anyway, moving on to the uh to the next one. We're going a bit more modern era with this one. Already had her sister on, so I think her sister followed in her footsteps a little bit as she was the older one. We got yep. Venus Williams. Uh, I think, Well, I well, as I was growing up, I was watching Venus Williams hit the scene, and she was, well, she was the sort of breath of fresh air for women's tennis when she first came on the scene, and it was just interesting to just see somebody like, just re- really took the game by storm. I know that Serena really took over from her, like, when she got got going, but Venus was the really, like, she was the sort of catalyst for Serena, I think, in a way. And obviously, well, she, re- well, she reached number one ranking on February 25th, 2002, and she became the first, like, a uh, black lady to do so in the open era, which is such an achievement, really. Um, yeah. Like what an incredible player I mean, I know that she doesn't she doesn't really get the respect I don't think that she deserves because of what her sister has achieved yeah but yeah, she was the one that really started the movement in in tennis, I think, and she just
1: in the open same. era for sure, but Althea Gibson she's like the
0: first number one uh, yeah, but I mean like in recent times since i've in been recent times, yeah. since i've been alive i I obviously wasn't watching Althea Gibson play but. When Venus Williams came on the scene, it seemed everybody woke up to the women 's tennis game a little bit, sure. yeah, that yeah. was she sort of changed it and then, when you were watching two sisters play in the final, it was just crazy, but both the best in the world. It was just mad.
1: Together, they won quite a few doubles titles as well. Yeah,
0: as well, they won
1: like fourteen or something doubles. I feel
0: um, sorry for the parents same. in the crowd. Who, who are you voting for? Well, what are you rooting for when they're playing each other?
1: Now, when they're playing together, it must be amazing. <laughs> yeah, when they're playing.
0: Together. <laughs> but I mean, they had so many singles against each other for titles.
1: Yep. And then anyway, moving on to our next one.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: We have Joe Wilfred Songer, the one and oh, only. For me personally, growing up, like he's been always a player. Uh when I started like getting like growing my love for tennis, he was there always challenging the big guys. And I thought, this guy, I really want him to win one day. Because he always like a bit of an upset. And uh his style of play, he's so he's so powerful on the court. Yeah. Quite a big physique, um, brilliant serve, good all round game, good volume. And I thought, oh, this guy can really do it. But uh, he's not exactly won a Grand Slam yet, but he's come extremely close. Um, like to start off I'll read his little intro I've, I've, I made. After being awarded the ATP Newcomer of the Year for 2007, Songa rose to fame by virtue of his performance in the 2008 Australian Open. When, yeah. As an unseeded player, he reached the final, having defeated four seeded players on the way, including a straight sets win over number two, Rafael Nadal, in the semi finals. Songa eventually lost to the number three, Novak Djokovic. Surprising, saying number three, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> usually he's number <laughs> one or two, even at worst. Yeah, in the final, in four sets. Wow, must be incredible! After winning the first set, it was the only set Djokovic dropped during the tournament, and we know Djokovic's level. So to be yeah. the only guy to take a set off him would have been pretty incredible.
0: We know what he's like there in Australia as well. He's exactly, formidable. Yeah.
1: He is also the first and only one, only only three players to have. To have Grand Slam wins against each of the big four, being Federer, Nadal, Novak Djokovic and Murray. So only three other players, three players have done that. I think it's Burdich or Vrenka and him. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive. Like this guy is a real brilliant player. It's just a shame that he's not been able to get over the line and win a slam. He's come extremely close. But his tennis well, is incredible. And funny enough, even in 2019, he was hitting some good form, wasn't he? I yeah. saw him a lot on the hard courts. He's playing extremely well. Had a good year, and he's pushing back up. So maybe 2020 could have been pushing in the French or maybe Wimbledon. Something like Wimbledon.
0: I think one of the main things which the haven't said so far, which obviously I've been watching him for so many years since he started his career, just the energy that he brings to the court is just something which is just I. Out of all the players, which I can always think growing up, like if you tried to give me, get me to pick one player which you enjoy watching, he was always top of the list because he was always smiling. He's always, like, even if he's losing, he's having a good time on the court. He's always, he's never a bad sportsman ever. Mm. And he's always enjoying himself on there. And that's just what you want to see from a, like a professional tennis player. And I no, think I it's completely just
1: a agree. Completely role agree. model
0: written all over him, I think, yeah. Joe Wilford's song. The only of...
1: thing is, the next person you're going to mention could rival that, what you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> <Quite> <laughs> for energy, possibly. for in, uh, entertainment factor, for I all think... the things you've mentioned, this guy is up there as well and he could but, rival it.
0: Well, let's get on to him then. Uh, well, it's a person who we both really admire as well, who has actually been in some amazing form this year as well, just to be cursing the coronavirus that it had to come and stop his season. But Gael Monfils has been on fire this year. And, wow, I mean, what a player. Where do we start with him? He's probably been in the top 10 for most of the time since I've been watching tennis in my life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he's always up there and no, always an a interesting fan favourite.
1: I think it's 2005, he's always been there. Or he's beaten a player in the top 10.
0: So, he has reached at least one ATP Tour singles final. And scored at least one singles win against a top ten player in every year since two thousand and five, which is a very. Awesome. But he's, but he's just got that energy like we like we were saying with Ma, with uh Songa. Sorry, Songa has that energy and l- like that likability and all of that sort of thing. Monfise brings a show. Like you're coming to the Monfis show. He's just like it is raw. It's power. It's energy. It's everything. It's speed. He's climbing up on the sides. He's like skidding down to the He's net. Fast, He's fast, still- man.
1: He's so fast. He gets everywhere. He covers every blade of of court. And um, something to bring back, to, touch back to what you said at the beginning. 2020 was his year, mate. He was winning everything. Him and Djokovic were neck and neck for like winning the most games. Djokovic just about beat him. It was oh, very close. He had match
0: points against Djokovic. But it that.
1: just shows. I think he's playing some of the best tennis of his career. Yeah. And um, I think it would have been, it's the same. Obviously, we didn't get to see 2020 tennis and slams and everything and the big uh, masters tournaments. But I feel like he would have maybe won one of them. And it could have been a bit of an interesting upset. I would not have written him off at all. No. And that could have been any of the tournaments. I feel like Might he's very still versatile do. on all the surfaces. So, Open. Do not write him off. He's, he's one of the big threats to the big four. Not just that, because he's got experience as well. Some of the other players who are h- more higher rank, they don't have as much experience as he does. And I feel like if he's able to play his best tennis and use his experience, he's got a good chance against some uh, the, big, the big three.
0: Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, so moving on to our next one.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I got this one as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought so.
1: <laughs> it's the one and only Coco Golf. Yeah. So... Goff made her WTA Tour debut in March 2019 at the Miami Open and won her opening match. She she received a wild card into the qualifying draw at the 2019 Wimbledon Championships, where she became the youngest player in the tournament's history to qualify for the main draw. Yeah. And then we know what happened after that. It literally set her up for it. She then reached the fourth round of the event, and each of her matches was the most watched of the day in the United States. Goff would later reach the third round of the 2019 US Open and the fourth round of the 2020 Australian Open.
0: She also won her first WTA event at the age of 15, I believe, in Austria, in Linz. Yeah, so,
1: and wh- bring it back to the point of like people watching her, whole of America, would just her, her matches, even at Wimbledon, you couldn't get near it. No. Everyone was there to see this wonder kid, is she going to be the next big thing? And she lived up to it. She's a brilliant player. Beat and Venus. Recently, Williams, what we've twice. seen, yeah, beat Venus, she beat Venus twice now, which is no mean feat. As we've seen, <laughs> she's on the list. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think she's definitely deserving of being on there. Granted, people will say she's not won anything, but she's definitely, for me, deserves to be in the top ten spot for what she's done on the court and recently what we've seen off the court. Yeah. She's been a massive um, advocate for change in America. And um, she's really a voice for this racial injustice what's happening and trying to make a change. Recently, she's done um, a very good speech where she um, addressed the people there. You um, know, I think it was, uh, where was it? It was in Delray Beach. Yeah, Delray Beach. And uh, it was extremely powerful. It just shows, mate, this girl is just so mature for her <laughs> age. You would not think she's that age. The way she articulated her message, the way she got it across, I think it was extremely powerful. And um, She's going to go a long way in tennis yeah. and, and off to, after tennis is finished as well. And I think what she's done for Black Lives Matter movement has been uh, very inspirational and something which um, her family can be very proud of, of oh, her
0: for. Sure. Like, I was a little bit taken back by, like, uh, just from how well that she spoke uh, in public in such a pressured, like, situation and time. And obviously it's something that means so much but she just stepped up and just literally like delivered an amazing speech really like i was I was taken back like I said I just to... thought I thought that it actually like hit home for a lot of people I'm sure that did, and i think that she's probably one of the best people to speak out about because she's got such a huge following as well people really look up to already and she's only 16 years old and that can only spell good things for the next generation moving forward as well and i think she is a great person to be pushing younger people in the right direction
1: yeah right now she's probably in the in the top 10 of this list towards the bottom of it but in a few years you watch you'll be right up there being one of the best one of the biggest because she is definitely inspirational yeah for No, that's... On on a lot of levels as well. Not just for the black community, for everyone, I think.
0: Yeah, I I think that she's, well, she's going to be rivaling, well, hopefully she'll be rivaling Serena and her career and all the stuff that Serena's done in in her life as well. So I think it's on the card. She just looks so promising. I thought that she was quite a shy girl and... She was dealing with stresses on and off the court, but this has really brought her to life a bit and everyone's really seen her passion and her personality now and I think it's a great thing. Right, so yeah, onto the onto the next one and somebody who's been in the papers and making the headlines over the past week, got Naomi Osaka, who's just become the highest paid female athlete in the world and she's been speaking out and speaking her mind I think that there's been a lot of people who are not aware that her father is actually black as well and there's been a lot of media trying to uh, class her as Asian and they're not Recognizing that she wants to speak out about the matter as well, so fair play to her for actually making a point of it and actually speaking out. So,
1: yeah, on Instagram, she was like, someone asked a question about her nationality because I feel like it's always everyone's always intrigued to see, like, oh, wow, she's because she's from Japan, where are you from? Like, people f- are very fascinated by her, her heritage, yeah. and um, she was like, I'm black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what better person right now than the person who's just become the highest paid female athlete in the world uh, to be speaking about as well. I mean, she's obviously Grand Slam champion. Multiple. Uh, yeah, multiple. She's won two Grand Slams and she's number 10. She's top 10 in the world at the moment and just crowned highest paid athlete. So what better person? She's right in the media. She's in the thick of it right now. And I've been reading somewhere that uh, she, like uh, Coco Goff has been... Very vocal on social media for the change in in America, especially, and calling out other players on tour who have not spoken out on this Black Lives Matter movement. And just getting, she's just trying to bring everyone together because there's a lot of people out there, like Coco Goff said, that aren't saying anything. And yeah, it's
1: silence big, is the problem right now. You need to be using your voice. It doesn't matter what, how big you are where you're from, just, just if we know what's right, so let's all fight in the same direction for what is right. And um, she's been calling out other players, notably even some of the big three, saying they've just put a black screen, they've not really mentioned anything about what's going on, they've not really elaborated their points. I wouldn't go that far, like, I, I feel like you can't criticise people for not, because people don't always know to do that, and it's like, that's all about the educational thing, it doesn't make them like a racist or anything. It's just more people need to speak out, and she's she's doing a lot for the for the movement, and it's it's a it's, a, it's, a, it's really good for that to happen. Like um, I feel like she's going to create some enemies for sure, but rightly so, rightly so, because these enemies, they're not they, they're never friends in the in the first place. I tell you, yeah, no, no, sure. If you don't support what, everything what she stands for, then you're never worthy of being her friend.
0: No, definitely not. But well, she's pushing everything in the right direction as well. So if all these people have to make a stand. Like if yeah. they don't, then they're, they're the example for everybody else. So if they're making the stand, everybody else can follow suit. Like it takes one action from somebody like this and it can create like a snowball effect. And for people who are just obviously looking for, well, look, pe- people are looking to be led by people in the, this today's society and people are so easily led that you want people like that who are leading them people with well, want the right
1: uh, message to be you want the right message to be shown for them to be following Do you know what i mean not yeah, negative for sure. stuff or bad things
0: That's too much but, of it it's just a world anyway, so of we'll
1: hate out on to our, our final one <laughs> we have the one and only francis tfo hey so early in his career tfo won the t- 2013 orange Bowl at 15 years old making him the youngest boys singles champion in the history of the tournament At the age of 17, he became the youngest American to participate in the main draw of the French Open since Michael Chang in 1989. As a teenager, TFO also won the US Junior National Championship and enjoyed success on the ATP Challenger Tour with nine finals and four titles. In recent years, he has reached a career high of 27 in the world while reaching the quarterfinal of the Australian Open in 2019. In recent months, he is, he is the man behind the idea, Rackets Down, Hands Up, which we've all seen. It's been trending on TikTok. And yeah. it's a good move. It's like a very important movement uh, for Black Lives Matter, for sure, because it's trending. Other celebrities are doing it. I saw Serena did it. Yeah. Uh, a few mm-hmm. other big celebrities as well. And TikTok, as you know, is a growing app. Everyone, if, if, if you can get positive, um, messaging on there i think it's able to reach a lot of people and not just that maybe a younger audience a more impressionable audience and if they're getting the right messages now from a younger age i think it's a it's a brilliant thing for later in life to hopefully eradicate these problems from happening again so, so it's a brilliant movement as you, i don't know if you've seen it literally just put your racket down and hands up yeah um so yeah francis tfi for, for what he's been do- for what he's doing for the black community speaking out the young players He's a young player, and like like I read off a second ago, like um, he had a very good young career. He's still young now, 22. and he's got a lot of potential. He reached <laughs> the quarterfinal, yeah, exactly. He reached a quarterfinal in Australian Open. I feel There's like no he's been stopping him from getting any further than what he has. No, but, um, I feel he like he's been to... like
0: one of those players who's literally been on the scene for a long time. <laughs> it's like 22 years old. He's done so I think much because he started young
1: as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and... exactly he's doing a lot now off the court as well for this whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement which is incredible That's so brilliant. yeah for me he's definitely like we wasn't sure whether to like there was a few other players we've not mentioned we had like uh, obviously Felix he's a young guy speaking yeah. out about things we had Madison Keys, another young girl um, Sloane Stephens as well yeah. um, so there was, uh, there was loads of other names but we just thought, felt that the last spot we're going to give to Francis TFO um, that he's definitely worthy of it Um yeah, incredible player and a credible man, definitely. So, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll wrap it up there because we've been going on for a while. I hope <laughs> you enjoyed this episode. Uh, they're our top 10. Let us know if you've got any other ideas for who you feel that should be in there. Another one we did have was Dustin Brown, maybe as well. Another name, <laughs>
0: yeah, been, uh, some fancy um, trick shots and beating Rafael on the doubt. Wimbledon, no sure. mean brilliant uh, player. Um, yeah. so yeah,
1: thanks for listening. Make sure you support this movement. Get behind it. Use your voice. And let's try and make change together.
0: Let's do it. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network